This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of I Want to Matter. Your life is too short and too precious to waste. Written and narrated by New York Times bestseller Kathy Lee Gifford. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Dynamic voices for a diverse church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pass the Mic. Dynamic voices for a diverse church, powered by the witness of Black Christian Collective. I am your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Burns Clan. Please follow at your own risk. And joining me, as always, is the founder of The Witness, the man, the myth, the legend, a two-time best-selling author, Mr. Blue Check Verified himself, Dr. Jamar Tisby. What's going on, brother? And you can always see me stay in good trouble. At my yes. newsletter, jamartisby.substack.com. Tyler didn't like it when I did the jingle last time, but we're going to come the up with something. The ding was just kind of off Bing. when you did it. Yeah, <laughs> it was off. It's still off. We, we got we to gotta work we gotta workshop it. We're going to workshop it. We're going to troubleshoot that. We're going to troubleshoot it. So, brother, we've been talking about your experience at Grove City College. And when I was listening to your experience and even having conversations with you off mic, it's very interesting because a lot of these notes really ring true about how it feels to talk about justice in white evangelical, Mm -hmm. white Christian settings. And so as I was listening to it, it was so fascinating for me because I I was feeling like, man, I feel like a lot of us have been in spaces where we've been intentionally misunderstood and misconstrued, but also that it's almost been like this war behind the scenes, this secret hidden war that we didn't even know Mm. was going on and agendas were being connected and all these things were. And so it feels like it's not just one college or one experience or one church or whatever it may be. It feels like it's a, a microcosm of a larger conversation. And I think this is where we can zoom out and give some hope to Black and brown Christians um, who are in these spaces, Christians of color, and really say, no, this isn't just Grove City College. This is a, a, a lot of white Christian institutions that refuse to take an honest look at what really has caused what, what they bemoan as uh, division right. or separation yeah. or distance between ethnic groups. Yeah, it is definitely not just one institution. And it's a jarring realization to come to understand that some of the most hostile environments when talking about racial justice are Christian spaces, Hmm. churches, nonprofits, colleges, and universities. Yeah. That's been my experience for a long time. Yeah. And this is the part that causes so much pushback is – to say that there's actually something about how folks are understanding Christianity you know that what, is problematic. You know what's interesting, Jamar? I am more concerned when I go into white Christian spaces and talk about justice and race than I am when I go into non-Christian contexts and talk about Jesus. Wow. Yeah. I'm more concerned about the former, not the latter. Yeah, I can totally understand that. And concerned is 
we have this mentality, especially as we talk about our faith and what we believe in, that people are going to summarily reject it and they're going to mock us and laugh at us. And number one, I mean, the energy people have online, this is kind of evergreen. The energy people have online is often not the energy they have in, in your face. <laughs> right. So I think sometimes we take online comments and, you know, and import it into real life when most people are not really responding in that way. I think also we understand that most people respond out of and reject out of pain and hurt and personal experience. But man, I, I am always bracing myself when I mention race. Yes. In Christian said, and I'm tired of of doing that. And 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 I don't even speak with the frequency that you do. I'm in a, a black church. Like I don't I mean it's a lot of things that I just kind of self-select. But when I go into spaces, the the dates where I do accept those opportunities, I have kind of circled. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, all right, now my my beginning of that week and and the week after, the week before and the week after I have to be very strategic for my body, for what I assume, for what I'm going to, almost to the point where I'm like, man, I don't even want to, I don't know if I want to accept these opportunities anymore. Like, yeah. is it actually going to be helpful if, you, if you're not really about it? Right, right, right. And so I, I think it's jarring for a lot of people to hear, wow, these churches are more concerned about what we say than how we hurt. Ooh. They're more concerned. They're more concerned about they're more concerned about what will disrupt them than what has already disrupted us. And they're more concerned. And this is the you have to understand the the audacity of it. It's the audacity. You wouldn't be an institution the way you're an institution now without that disruption. Hmm. That literally many institutions are built upon a certain amount of wealth, land acquisition, connections, power, networks. That only came as a result of you having disparate opportunities to build all of those. So, I mean, here's a great example. Harvard University just came out with this extensive, well-researched report on their ties to slavery and enslaving people. And one of the most important parts of this extensive report was simply the statement that we would not be the Harvard we are today without profiting off of and exploiting black labor back then. Now that's from that's a university that is not trying to no. any way, shape or form be an explicitly Christian institution, but, our Christian institutions, our Christian colleges and universities wouldn't do the same thing in many cases to admit that they are where they are now because they had those disparate opportunities and advantages, some more directly than others. But are they willing to recognize that their advantages came off of, in many cases, the disadvantaging of black people and other people of color, both presently and historically? Why can't we do that? Why shouldn't we be able to do that as followers of Christ, where the prerequisite or the requirement of salvation is first repentance and confession? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's that's so basic. Yes. That's not even a, a, well, you know, if you look at this theological tradition, they emphasize confession. That's basic to what we believe across the board. But we will not apply it. So it's so selective, bro. We and, will not apply it when it comes to issues of race. 
And again, the audacity that we are not just silenced, but mocked. Mm, it's the mocking. Yes. You know, and I'm, I'm, we're giving voice to this because, again, we want to build and we don't want to spend so much of our time defending, but we're giving voice to this because I'm just constantly meeting people no matter where I go. I don't understand why so many of y'all listen to this podcast, but you do. And so I'm <laughs> constantly you. meeting people. I do not get it, but like you do. And I appreciate it. And thank you. Continue. Um, you know, write a review, share all, the, all above. the more support our Patreon, <laughs> but yeah, support Patreon. Praise God. But when I, when I talk with, I, I sense, man, it is so down to a person, the, the show, the shoulder tightness mm. and then the slumping when you're with, when we start talking, the release of so much tension and pain and generational trauma that you are bearing within your body and then your own personal experience. And then when you're around someone who just, and this is oftentimes what it is with us, they already know what we're going to say. It's not about what we're going to say. It's about how we're going to be. Mm. Say more on that. Black Christians are liberated. This is the the problem. We have to be careful about thinking that liberation comes through information. A lot of black Christians already know the information. They need to see someone who lives what the information implies in a visible experience. Yes. Yes. And so it's not, oh, you, it's funny. I was in this cohort and there was an... A woman from, I believe it's Uganda, who was Zooming in every week to be a part of this cohort, which was surreal. And so in leading this cohort, one of the first comments she made is, when I see Tyler with locks talking from a spiritual, she said, it just has a connotation in our in our context. And she said, it's so refreshing to see wow. that this is, just, and it wasn't something I said, I don't know if I know anything she doesn't already know or say anything she doesn't already embrace. Right. But I think sometimes we are freed by the example. Yes. We are freed by when someone embodies something. That's it. It is the embodiment embodiment of, not always the explaining of. That's right. And so, sure, we could explain, okay, it connects to this to this. And then sometimes I'm like, no, I think people are are thirsty and starving for a a life. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's, let me just say. Yeah. People are thirsty and starving for a witness. And the witness doesn't always have to be in word, but in 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 being. Absolutely. And in and in doing yes. and in existing and in embodying. And so I say that because this what pricks my heart and makes me, you know, so grieved for black people in white white settings and white churches is do you have a witness? Who is the witness? Who is who is the example? Who are the examples of the people who have embodied their freedom so fiercely as though to not be afraid of what the majority thinks, but to be most concerned with what their people can see in them? Who are the witnesses? I had this. I just I, I said this recently. If I didn't have a witness, man, where would I be if I didn't have an example of a life lived? And so what this podcast and what we do when we stand on these stages and speak is not mainly about an informational transfer. Praise God for the information and the study. But there's something yet deeper than that, 
which is we could give you the same facts and the same information, but it's coming from a life that's pursuing freedom and mm. transformation. And because it's pursuing that, it is different. It is different. It's integrity. Well, we're trying. Well, we hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we want. It isn't that why the word became flesh? Okay, see, and move. And Eugene Peterson says, and moved into the neighborhood. Look at that. <laughs> because the, the the leaders of the Jewish people knew the word. They literally had whole books of the Bible memorized. It wasn't the information, information they was not the issue. It was the embodiment of what that information led to that they needed to see. And when they saw it, so hmm. many rejected it. Yes. But others felt empowered by it. Yes. Others were emancipated yes. by it. Yes. Others were liberated by the embodied witness of Christ, even though it meant, blessed are you when you're persecuted. Man. That's the way of embodiment. I'm getting stirred up, I'm getting quickened. Is the way of suffering, right? In wow. this life, right? And so there are so many Christian colleges, institutions, individuals pursuing power, which would enshrine their comfort and mm. their position in society. Instead of, we were talking in another episode about following the leading of the spirit. Yeah. If the leading of the spirit, you interpret that as people who are already in advantage, already empowered, already franchised, getting Becoming more of that. More. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the leading of the spirit? Is the leading of the spirit taking the vulnerable, the marginalized, the Matthew 25 list of people and yes. groups that Jesus talked about? Is it healing them? Is it preventing harm for them? Is it guarding and protecting and leading Serving to their flourishing them? them? You, you know, yeah, this is so helpful, man. This is, this is ministering to me because so often, and I've talked about this before, like platforms change you. They have the power to change you if they you do. let them. They can. And they have the power to take you further away from the people you, you claim to be close to. And it was our proximity to the people yes. that got us on the platform. Yes. And then now, once you get on the platform, you can lose the proximity to the people who put you there in the first place. And, you know, I'm just thinking about so many people who are in those seats, man. And I'm thinking about so many people who listen to these, this podcast and listen to us talk and follow us online. And there's just this connection that they have with us and they've never met us. And, and yet they're in these settings that would write these letters mm. and would produce these reports like Grow City and would, you know, they, they're bearing raw experiences mm. and they're having to leave these places. And they're, and I'm just thinking about, how much of a widespread problem it is yeah. and that yes we talked about what to do what but i, I want to sit in the naming of this hmm. that naming it is so important and this is wrong and i want to declare and say out loud that many of those white christian institutions are failing us ooh they're failing us they're they're fail and they don't have an excuse they don't have they're choosing to fail us mm. And they're choosing not to take it seriously. And by not taking it seriously, they are harming our brothers and sisters. This is harm. And it's not just when Grove City puts out a, a poorly researched scholarship report about you, they're harming their students. That's the, that's the thing. <laughs> they're harming their staff. They're harming their faculty. 
They're harming their city because that what is supposed to be light has been hidden. Mm. And what is supposed to be salt has lost its savor. And is this only harming black people or people of color? No. <laughs> I this knew is the what problem. you were going to say, yeah. It's harming you. You're harming yourself. Because again, this is this is the very fundamental reality of when we talk about racism and white supremacy. People are like, why you talk about this? Why you talk? Because I'm trying to free everyone involved. Everyone. That the gospel of liberation is for oppressed and oppressor. Come on. It is for both. And so when we have this, this reality of not acknowledging that harm is active and present for everyone involved, um, we are missing something. And this is not just, you know, in your Christian conservative, this is also extending to your non-denominational settings, your charismatic settings, your, I mean, there's, there's your Pentecostal settings, you know, these are, this is a widespread Everybody problem. Everybody gets the smoke. And, and, and what I'm, what I'm most aggrieved by is Jamar, when you have so many resources mm. and when you have so many opportunities available to you and you choose not to do the work. My, my, my. Like there's so much available now and you choose not to do the I want people to sit in how how mind blowingly callous it is to hear all these reports and all these witnesses and to refuse to do that is a choice. I don't know how you come away from reading the Bible. And you take sides with the people who, earthly speaking, already have everything. They've got political control, sure, economic wealth, resources, institutions, and against, over and against the people who only have our voices. Yeah. Yeah. Like, bro, what, what are we doing? We're talking into microphones, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and compared to, a Grove City College or whatever Christian institution you want to name, that's basically all I got. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And there are people who 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 support that and and amplify that, and I'm grateful. But in terms of earthly power, they're claiming the side of Christ. Mm-hmm. When I think in the Gospels I read, Jesus had rebuke for people who had but made the choice yes yes not to prevent harm yes. not to uplift yes. those who yes. had less yes right and i'm not trying to claim any sort of moral perfection on mm-hmm. this at all i have a lot compared to many absolutely but woe unto us if we don't choose yes right if we don't choose to uplift and how can it be, how can it be that in the U.S. context, the way some construe it, Jesus is always on the side of those who have and want more rather than those who don't have and are trying to get some? You know what I'm saying? How can that Absolutely. be? And then what I want to say to black folks in these predominantly white settings is you have power. You have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And if you're standing for righteousness, justice, equity, you have nothing to be timid about 
when you talk about those things. Mm. What I often encounter is black people and other people of color who are persuaded they're right, but only a little. Right. But not much. Because the blowback they face and the gaslighting they face, it makes you doubt. Yes. It makes you second guess. It makes yes. you question. And then you enter into those environments. And even if you speak about justice, you're sort of wringing your hands like, I hope they listen. I hope I can say it the right way. When reality, we should be the bold ones. Right. They're bold in their ignorance. We should be bold in our knowledge. They're bold in their lies and their misinformation. We should be bold in the truth. Yes. That's what I mean by we have power, right? Because it's not that God is on our side, it's we're trying to align ourselves with God. Yes. And that's what we walk into a room with. That's what we make the speech or the sermon or the writing with. That kind of mentality, that kind of heart disposition that we are doing our best to do what Jesus did. I'm squirming because I'm I'm stirred, brother. I'm stirred. You know, I think about those people who are who, who would say they are in these spaces trying to f- navigate being in these spaces. They say, I, I feel like I'm what you're saying is my experience. It's where I'm feel, re- you know, r- is resonating with where I am right now in life. It's the environment around. Hey, leave, leave, go. You don't have to stay there. And I'm not talking about expecting perfection, but you need to hear that if you've, if you are putting forward the effort and you're not seeing the effort reciprocated in meaningful ways, I'm not talking about people who fail forward and who stumble or who go all in and say, nothing will keep me from this. If the people are ignoring you, why are you there? Why do you feel like you need to be there? What do you feel like you're gaining? What is the purpose? You have to ask this question. I'm not saying you have to come to the same conclusions that I come to. Ask this question. What is what is keeping you there? Mm. And what is making you loyal to a people who are not loyal to you or God? Wow. That's the that's that part. What is making you? What is making you what is making you feel like you're going to miss out on something? All the editing in the world, all the dope pictures in the world, all the resources in the world can't keep me at a place that won't value my dignity and won't value the people in in the pews and in the place, their dignity enough to do the work. It's it's, it's, you, you, it's no it's no figure. It's no it's no monetary. It's no number. I'm just going to it's no it's no number for me. Right. And I'm not saying that's why people, sometimes it's practicality, whatever it may be. I'm just, y'all know my heart. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I care about black Christians. That's why we do this work. And I care about seeing black Christians free. And if y'all are here and y'all are feeling like if people have indoctrinated you into a loyalty that requires your dignity, the cost is too high. Don't negotiate your dignity. It's It's too much. And and we off we we got to be off that. I, and 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 frankly, yeah. And frankly, I'm just I'm so stirred by the people who have such tremendous gifts that that could be sewn into 
their community and mm. they feel like they can't because they've got to be loyal to people who are monopolizing their time and not caring about their body. Mm. It's we put ourselves through trauma by staying in toxic environments, but it's not even just us. It's the people around us yes. who love and care about <laughs> yes. us. Right? So if you have a partner, if you have kids, they're experiencing that right along with Absolutely. you. Even if you're the only one in the organization or actively participating, whatever, if they love you and they see how you're being hurt, it hurts them too. Yes. And if we're talking about a congregational setting, a church setting, then they're going in and experiencing that too. And this is something I often talk about where when I was in predominantly white church settings, I at least had going for me that I was a male and I could be ordained, that I was in formal right. leadership, yes, right? Yes. I at least had, yeah. I was in some of the rooms, that right? voice. Right. And as harmful and, and futile as it sometimes felt, imagine what that was like for the people exactly. around me yeah. who didn't have that level of platform or entrance. And then in addition, we got to keep, I think we got to keep on this refrain that the harm of racism isn't just to black people and people of color, it's to white yeah, people too. It is. So what happens when we stay in these environments is we we make the white folks around us think everything's okay. Right. Even if we're raising our voices to say everything's not okay, well, you're still here. So there, there, our institution, our church, something's okay. Something's all right because we still have these folks here. And what does that I think I think that that gives a false impression that it's better than it actually is and I think it allows people to stay in error to stay in wrongdoing and to stay ignorant about some of these things whereas if we're not there <laughs> maybe that does send a different signal maybe it doesn't maybe it's goodbye and good riddance okay well you probably shouldn't be there if that's their yeah, reaction exactly. when you leave exactly yeah you know exactly. what I'm saying? And here's the other thing I didn't realize for such a long time is how much better it could be. Ooh, let me, man, let, let's talk about that because we're not calling you away from something mm -hmm. to nothing. Calling you to something. This is not a condemnation. It's an invitation. Say it. This is an invitation to beautiful, blessed freedom. We don't have anything you don't. Right. This is something people, yeah, we, you know, God has given us some gifts and talents here and there. You have gifts and talents too. But it's not about the platform in which those gifts and talents are used. It's about the substance of, of, of their existence. You have the same stuff we have. You don't have anything we don't have. This is what I see people are like, yeah, well, I wish I had your courage. I'm like, I'm not that courageous. <laughs> Man, I wish I could do this. You probably can on whatever scale God has called you to do it on. You probably can. Like you have what we have. Mm. It's just we've gone all in with the thing we have. Mm. We've just said we won't accept anything but this. We've just said this is the invitation and we're constantly being invited by the spirit of God into more and into deeper and so now I'm saying, what can I do with my Pentecostal roots? What can I do mm. in my city? What can I do with the platform I have? What can I do with my social media? What can I do with my pen? What can I do with my voice? We're just constantly being invited into new challenges and new things. And then what 
percentage. This is how I think about it. I structure my life on a percentage basis. So I structure my life percentage-wise saying, I'm not only going to talk to black people, but they're going to get X percentage, which is the majority (laughs) of my time, energy, focus. Right. And then I leave margin for the percentage of, you know, white Christians who have, I've been called to, and I, I serve in settings y'all don't know about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You just would never, you would never know about. So it's not like, oh, you can only, you, you only work in this setting or that. No, I serve in settings and collaborate in settings and support settings you would never know about. And I give that a percentage of my time, but I do not give that the majority of my time. I choose my people. I choose y'all. So it's it's like, okay, you can have all this money and 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 platform and this, but you gotta choose us. No, I choose my people. And then we'll we'll make do. And the oil won't run out as long as there, there are pots. <laughs> For as many pots and as many vessels and as many people as there are, the oil won't run out. It won't run. So that's what that's what I believe. And that's my calculation is God will keep the oil flowing. Mm, always has. And, and we'll, we'll be able to survive as long as God has called us to choose these people. And there's so much I want to say in connection to some other public <laughs> comments that people have made about this. But this is what I'm saying is the, 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 man, do you, do you, I'm going in all in on y'all. My, my, my. That y'all get my time. Y'all get my mentorship. Y'all get, y'all get my energy. It's y'all. So what keeps me going? You. <laughs> so it's always so funny when people are like, man, well, well, what do I have? What, what great opportunity are you neglecting? That's it. That's it. What are you missing? What great, beautiful possibility have you closed yourself off to? What dream and imagination right, can you just right, not see? Right. So oh, there's so much to say about this. I just want somebody to get free right today as they're listening to this. One thing. We don't despise the things that got us through. No, 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 no. So in other words, I look back on my testimony, which was a lot in these white spaces that we're talking about now, and I don't despise what I learned from them, the relationships I built while I was there, and how it shaped me to be the person who I am. The reality is we know what we know when we know it. Yeah, of course. And we do the best we can with what we've got, and if that was something that was true, then then that's just part of our reality, right? So even as we don't despise our path and, and, and however we got to where we are, I think there are at least two things that keep us where we are and prevent us from moving and growing. One is our values and two is our faith. Yes. So when I say values, I mean, what do we value or prioritize? Because a lot of times what's keeping us in these spaces that are toxic, toxic to us in so many ways is that we value the size of the platform, the the money involved, the even the sort of social location or approval it gives us because we're part of this organization or affiliated with this person and that means something to this community, right? And we value that and prioritize that over 
different kinds of flourishing over right. spiritual health, over our family's health in this environment, et cetera, et cetera. So because we think it's more godly. You we know? think it's more <laughs> godly. And honestly, just, you know, we're always wrestling with the flesh. And so we think these things that are of some earthly value in some way are more important than what right. God says is of value, which is often less visible, less celebrated, all those kinds of things. Hey folks, Jamar Tisby here, and I am so grateful for your support, your listening, your engagement with the Pass the Mic podcast. I'm wondering if this podcast has been helpful to you, challenging, encouraging, if you would consider becoming a paid subscriber to the podcast for as little as $1 an episode, you can help keep this good work going. Just visit patreon.com slash pass the mic. That's patreon.com slash pass the mic. We appreciate you for your support. So we need to actually rethink our values and priorities. But the second thing is faith. Yes. So often, and this is true in sort of any environment, when we're considering leaving someplace, we want to know exactly how it's going to be oh, in the next the, place. Don't tell, oh, give me start on the wilderness again. We I'm not going to go know back. Exactly <laughs> where we're going, how we're going to get there, what the temperature is going to be, how the weather is, who yeah. who all going to be there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But when we look at the journey of people of faith in the Bible, you know, God calls Abram, leave the land of your fathers and go to, to a, a place land, where I'll I will show, show you. you, right? And even when Jesus calls the disciples, drop your nets, follow me. Follow me. Doesn't say where. So oftentimes in this journey of faith, we're not called to a place, but a path. And the path might only be clear as far as the one next step in front of us. And ultimately, we're called to a path that is following a person, Jesus. And this is what I'll say to that is, and on the path, I've been lonely. Yes. But I've never been alone. Come on. I've been lonely. I felt lonely. I've never been alone. Hmm. Who's never. with you? Well, I mean, principally, <laughs> <laughs> the one who promised to never leave and forsake us has been with Amen. us. But there have always been people on the path. Yeah. I've always found people on the path. Yeah. Always. And you don't know that setting out. You, you don't know. I found a community, dare I say, an assembly of people mm. on the way who I never would have encountered had I stayed put. Mm. And these people I've encountered on the way, even as they're not part of my local congregation or we're not even in the same time zone a lot right, of times, right. have become more of my spiritual family, more of my church almost than the folks I was constantly around in these other spaces. And the rhythm looked different. Mm, very much. The flow so. will look different. Yes. The exposure will look different. You'll know, like this is fluid. It's not predictable. It's not predictable. It's fluid. But we just want, you know, that. Your situation with Grove City College really moved me to think about how so many of us don't have space to say, we are not, we're not going to accept this. Yeah. We're not going to allow you to just say this. And then I thought about the students and the staffers and the faculty and so many others. 
yeah. who who need to hear a word of freedom and people who say, wow, this sounds like my school. It sounds like my nonprofit. It sounds like my church. It sounds like my denomination. It sounds like the same thing I've been in. And and now we're circling back because the the attacks are different and yeah. the 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 phraseology is different and the yeah. terminology is different, yeah. Yeah. but it's the same thing. Yeah. And and you need to hear again, hey, leave. It's okay. And chart off on the path, and then I think you'll find there are people on that path that'll meet you, and then there's a God that's with you. My Lord. And I, I, I can testify to that because I mean this is as real as it gets. I've left jobs, resigned from jobs, not taken jobs. Right now, if you've been tracking, I'm self-employed. I don't I don't have an institute, I don't have a steady paycheck, and but that's a choice of liberation and freedom to be mm. Mm. who I want to be, to be who I need to be for my spouse, to be the embodiment we were talking about for my son so that he sees yes. a free black man yes, who's free because he's following Christ, not because he has a certain amount in the bank account or is affiliated with a certain group or whatever. Like, it's scary. It's scary. Every time there's news about inflation or a recession or whatever it might be, uh, we, we, <laughs> it ain't no we're cushion. It's easy. We're not saying it's easy now. But I'm saying it's better. It is. It's richer. It's, it's more, more human. Yeah. And in a context where we've been dehumanized, this humanizes us. We, we, we live into who God created us to be. And as you said before, it's really no amount of pile of cash that substitutes for that once you've tasted it. If you haven't tasted it, it's yeah, not going to. You won't see it. You think it's going to hit different. You, once you, uh, so, but once you, you taste it, you can't go back, man. This is the life of faith, bro. Like how we Oof. get beyond cultural Christianity is that we step out on faith that where there's a real risk. You talked earlier about sacrifice, knowing that's the spirit of the Lord. If it causes you to lose some of your comfort, sometimes if it causes you to sacrifice some things sometimes. So it does. And it sounds like the path of Jesus. And then it goes to Matthew five and the sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor, right? Blessed are you hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are you when you're persecuted, right? Yeah. So nothing strange is happening if you experience that, but there is a blessing that you experience at the same time that you cannot experience in comfort in stasis Amen. it's dynamic Amen. it's moving just like the spirit is moving Amen. so i just like get free we can get free and it's hard it's scary but there's people on the way there's jesus most importantly and it can be better and these situations where we're attacked remind us of the freedom we have yeah and remind us of the freedom that we can invite others into yeah and that's how i wanted to spend this not just saying oh this is a, a important situation but this is a moment. And we don't just speak to situations, we speak to moments. And one of these moments is, I want every black Christian under the sound of our voices to hear that you're worthy of freedom. You're worthy of freedom. You're worthy of freedom. Mm-hmm. And so follow that.
This episode was brought to you in part by the Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.